here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Robin McCarron. And then two weeks after that, we got Money in the Bank. And then two weeks after that, we got Starcade. And then two weeks after that, we got Halloween Havoc. Jeff Hawkins. I'm Dana Brooke. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Destination America's canceled TNA. Forgiveness must be immediate, whether or not a person asks for it. Trust must be rebuilt over time. Trust requires a track record. Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Life. Today on Shake Them Ropes, will you forgive us for not doing a live post-show for Extreme Rules? Cody Rhodes decides he no longer trusts WWE creative. Crowds have forgiven Seth Rollins, while the club doesn't forgive AJ Styles. And we go to Unforgiven 2006 for our top 100 match to see on the WWE Network before you leave this mortal coil. John Cena versus Edge in a TLC match. I'm Jeff Hawkins, Raw reviewer for Voices of Wrestling. Apparently a WWE shill. And the last holdout to give myself a vanity podcast because I, I am a man of the people. Here to forgive me for that introduction, Rob McCarron. And Rob, what we missed talking about Sunday was two great matches, one match that underwhelmed, and uh, and also possibly alluding to that Kyle O'Reilly Kushida match from Best of the Super Juniors. But you have not yet to watch it. But it is uh, it is fantastic. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of that stuff. Uh, oh, some, of the, some of the stuff from uh, Extreme Rules, some of it, I say, we will talk about uh, in relation to what's going on currently and what happened on Raw. Mm-hmm. That is how we will uh, get into all of that. Uh, and no, you are not forgiven for the open. <laughs> Jeff, dare I say you are unforgiven. Oh. oh, do you see what I did there? Do you see what I did there? Because our match today is Edge and John Cena TLC main event at Unforgiven 2006, the same show where Trish Stratus had her last match. Mm. Yeah, so and was, also and also the first uh, the first show where uh, the RKO out of nowhere was born. That's right. I, I saw some of that Carlito match. Yes, of all the matches I saw on that show that I wanted to kind of check out again, it was Carlito versus Randy Orton. So well, that I was wa- the cooldown. That was the cooldown match, which was amazing. I watched <laughs> all nine minutes of it. I watched all nine minutes of it and I watched the RKO out of nowhere, which was uh, fantastic. Yes, it was a little Carlito springboard right into the RKO. And then yeah, and, and it was Lawler who, who coined it, right? Or was it Ross out of nowhere? It oh, was I, Ross. I don't know. I wasn't listening. He actually coined it. He said RKO out of nowhere. It was. It was out of nowhere. It was a uh, Carlito offensive move. And guess what happened? You got the RKO. And, and yeah, to think that it really became super popular to become out of nowhere Almost nine years later, mm-hmm. nine years later, because you would have RKOs like that every once in a while. But this is really where it uh, where it got going, per se. But, yeah, we we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. I want to apologize. We uh, we had to cancel our live post show on Sunday night after the pay-per-view due to scheduling conflicts. And we will leave it at that. But we are back for our regular episode of Shake Them Ropes. And Jeff, this is officially episode number one hundred and fifty. 
Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, we have uh, we have gotten through 150 of these numbered episodes. We're like UFC. Some of them weren't numbered, but of the numbered episodes, we have reached 150. Yeah, I, I thought Shake Them Ropes aggression was really good. Shake Them Ropes Back aggression. The yeah, yeah. Uf, UFC fight night. Let's talk about other things. Ultimate Ultimate, I thought was great. Mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. That episode of Shake Them Ropes was fantastic. Friday's episode, I, uh, I have heard, was really good. I want to thank the host, Rob McCarron, for doing that one. Absolutely disgraceful on your part, Rob. <laughs> it was Friday. It was Friday, and I thought, you know what? Let's, uh, let's do a solo show. So for anyone who catched uh, or caught, I should say, the, uh, the episode on the Friday. Rob McCarron, call it the name, the Rob McCarron, the Rob McCarron solo, solo Vanity, Vanity Project. Oh, yes. It was great, I thought. I had a lot of fun doing that. Oh, I'm sure you fell in love with yourself. Oh God, I was that host. Oh, I listened. I listened three times to that episode. I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you, I didn't like so much when he took calls, but you know, I liked. I liked hearing Rob McCarran's voice all yeah. by his lonesome. The other big three at Voices have their vanity podcast. Me, I'm meh. <laughs> I'm busy enough. Yeah, you're just gonna get squeezed out here, Jeff. If you're not careful. Yeah, I know. I got. I got to expand the Hawkins brand. Oh God! Oh yeah, it's all about the branding. I have I have many social media followers. You do. You have and a lot of you know, yeah. And I and I play a bad guy on TV. You can catch Jeff at Crap Game Thirteen on Twitter. You can catch the show and myself at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. I wanted to talk about this uh, this AJ Styles Roman Reigns main event <laughs> from Extreme Rules because not only do you have the main event on that show. And this was the match I was looking most forward to. You have the main event on that show, but you also have a lot of things. I mean, this is basically the tree and you have a lot of branches coming off of this tree for the future in WWE. Some of it took place on Monday. Some of it's going to take place in the weeks to come. But AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, this was the Extreme Rules main event. Obviously, Roman Reigns wins. He is still the world champion. And coming from that, we have the return of Seth Rollins. So you have right now Roman Reigns going off to Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins returning, AJ Styles loses, and then the next night on Raw, he breaks up with the club. So now we wonder where AJ's going, where we we wonder where the club is going, and we wonder what's going to happen with this world title picture now that Seth Rollins is getting a one-on-one match for the belt right away. Uh, What is the most interesting branch on this tree to you jeff is it where does aj go what does the club do where does roman go as the champion who's now defeated aj styles twice what is the most interesting topic coming out of that match for me personally uh the aj styles story because i think we've now established the template that heels are going to only get so far on roman roman's the guy we know this i don't think anybody's going to be beating him in the immediate future for the title. So, I mean, it's it's so odd because even with our match today, Edge and Seth Rollins have so much in common right now in terms of those two eras and, and champions and their heft. But for me, it's the AJ story because I think there's a possibility that AJ might actually be turning heel. There, there, there are two ways they can go with this story, and, I, and, it's, and, it, and both interest me immensely. Either... Either they pay off the fact that, yes, AJ can't win without the club, so AJ asks for forgiveness, or AJ enlists a partner to fight the Bullet Club, which is more than likely one of the two members of the NXT main event. So, so that's, that's what intrigues me right now. And now, and that, 
we are back to this now where people are going to wonder when does Finn Balor go, come up because everyone's assuming Finn Balor might be a part of this going up either teaming with AJ or being the new leader of the club. What do you, what do you think when you say one half of the NXT main event? Are you thinking that's what everyone is assuming or are you actually thinking Samoa Joe is coming up or how did you mean that? I think it could be either. Because AJ has ties to both and they can tie that in. Yeah, I, I have no I have no problem with either of them. I think we need to be done with guessing when Finn Balor is coming up. We said this last week at uh, our last pay-per-view after I payback. Agree. I think it's time I to stop wondering when uh, when Finn Balor is coming up. But I, I, AJ Styles, definitely a very interesting part, especially after Raw. He loses to Kevin Owens in the main event. So he is not going to be in the Money in the Bank match, most likely. So that leaves him open to do something at Money in the Bank, unless somehow he gets another qualifying match on on SmackDown, which is taping uh, actually right now as we record this episode. So there's two more spots in the Money in the Bank match, and we'll get to the Money in the Bank uh, match coming up in June in just a little bit. But I like the Seth Rollins angle coming out of all this. You know, Seth Rollins returning from a long injury. Uh, we, I, we had talked about on this show how Roman Reigns looked like he was going to win the title at Survivor Series, but Seth Rollins had gotten hurt and we ended up getting Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns as the final of a tournament. So now we go to Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns again. And could they be doing to Seth Rollins what they were doing with AJ Styles, using him for a pay-per-view or two, but ultimately he's going to be foiled by Roman Reigns until Roman Reigns moves on to his next thing, which if that were the case after two pay-per-views, his next thing would likely be either John Cena or Brock Lesnar. No, so what does Seth Rollins do? Does he possibly win the title back and we have a back and forth type situation or is he just being used by AJ Styles? I think the Seth Rollins angle coming out of all this to me is the most interesting thing in what we see with Seth Rollins and not to mention Roman Reigns had some really good matches with AJ and Seth Rollins is equal the talent level of AJ Styles in my view. Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are going to put on some really good main events. I think you've put the cart ahead of the horse. I don't think Seth Rollins and AJ Styles even get involved with one another. Well, I'm not saying they are. I'm saying Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Well, you you put AJ somewhere in there. I, I said that <laughs> Seth there, Rollins is equal. Seth Rollins is equal the talent level of AJ as far as getting okay. a good match out of Roman. Seth Rollins and yeah. AJ aren't going up against each other. For for me, I think this is unfortunate for a number of reasons. I I was one of those people who was hoping that Seth Rollins would be brought back as a mega baby face, but this is what they do. They don't want anybody taking the shine away from Roman. Um, I thought he, I mean. Did he not come back? I mean, yeah, he didn't come back as this world beater elite baby face, but he certainly came back as not a strong heel. I mean, he's not oh, a heel. He healed on the, no, yes, he healed on the crowd. When he, he healed says, the- I, hold on. When he, when he says, I took all your letters of support put them in a trash can and burn them. That is a heel line. Oh. Now he didn't, he didn't ham it up early in terms of the face uh, aspects of it to the point where you saw it coming. It was far more subtle than right. they are used to, but that was a heel it was, line. It was, he was heelish. Yes. I'm, but he didn't come heel-ish. back. He was heelish. <laughs> he was a heel, but what's oh. going to happen when they go into Las Vegas, Nevada, you think the people are going to be healing on Seth Rollins? Doesn't matter what they say. It's 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 how WWE is portraying them. I, I know what they're going to cheer them because they don't like Roman. That's an easy one to call. That's uh, that that's possibly the easiest prediction you've ever made, Rob. Congratulations. But he was definitely a heel here, and I don't. And I think it was kind of a bit of a missed opportunity, to be honest with you. Now, uh, oh, I forgot my second point. Well, that so leads me to believe on. that obviously John Cena is coming back as the babyface. If you want a slot, like okay, who are the babyfaces? Who are the oh. heels? 
Uh, Randy Orton coming back now. Uh, I had thought that maybe a heel slot would be best suited for him because I thought, yeah, Seth Rollins might come back as a good guy. And you got Bray Wyatt. And so it looks like Randy Orton very well may be coming back as a good guy after all if they want to even it up. I don't know. It depends on where they want to place everybody. And I don't know if Randy Orton's going to be a surprise. Maybe he's a uh, maybe he's going to be the seventh member of this Money in the Bank match. Who knows? Well, the the, the other thing I, I, I wanted to Go ahead. bring up is that this this match should be a much bigger deal than money in the bank. If they even, even as a heel, if they took Seth Rollins and really, really had built him up and it's skipped the next couple of pay-per-views, this should be a SummerSlam match. This is that big, but I think they're looking and thinking Seth isn't a big enough name for that, that they're looking beyond that for something bigger. And well, I think Seth Rollins could fit that spot. I don't, that's interesting. You say that too, because AJ Styles in WWE land wasn't at the level of Seth Rollins when Seth Rollins left off his injury, was he? Uh, no. And you main evented a couple of pay-per-views. And he, yeah, yeah, I could, well, I could argue that it might be equal, but. He main evented B pay-per-views. Right. I'm talking the, Money I'm in talking the Bank the, is a B pay-per-view. Yeah, I'm talking the Tiffany pay-per-views. And I think Seth Rollins is at that level after, sure. after, the, after sure. his heel championship run. And especially, man, him on interviews right now. It, that that you know when he had the title he felt very stilted and scripted he felt like he was just at ease with everything in there I, that 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 promo with Renee backstage yeah. after the initial 20 minute promo that might have been the best he's ever acted on yeah. television i think well he gained a lot of confidence obviously in his title run what i like about it is this guy went through 7 months of not being able to do what he was wanting to do and he went through mm-hmm. this ridiculous regimen to get his knee back and healthy so to him, the hard part's over. Like he's back. This is the easy part. The easy part is going out there and performing in front of the crowd. The hard part's over. So hopefully that's easing his mind a little bit and he can go out there and, and be the strong, uh, the strong number one on the heel side for WWE. But back to AJ Styles, you're right. Uh, you know, we have the breakup with the club. So where the club goes is, is an interesting question. Are they going to toil with AJ in some way? Or are they just going to separate? Because part of me thinks that God, they just may separate, you know, the Usos and the club go off and break off under their own, or maybe even, you know, the club goes on to something else altogether. Hell, maybe mm-hmm. the club goes off with Enzo and Cass for all I know, because we got the return of Enzo Amore uh, and AJ Styles finds something else to do. It, there's a lot of a lot of pieces here that got to kind of got to be put in place and we don't get an answer to everything when you go into a pay-per-view like money in the bank, because you do right. have seven guys all in one match, you don't get that breaking off that we get for a lot of other pay-per-views. So uh, if AJ styles is not in this, he's got to be on the card somewhere. And I don't necessarily know what they do with him unless you're right. And they, they do find a partner in, in some way, or maybe it's one on two with the club, or maybe they're somehow intertwined in, in whatever way might be coming up. But that's a, there are a lot that's of a concerning. Yeah. That's a concerning message. Also, in regards to AJ, in regards to creative supposedly having six-month plans, yeah. in regards to locker room morale, because AJ Styles with that match and how he made Roman look and how he just flew all around for him. Don't get me wrong. Roman was solid in that match, but AJ Styles made him look like a superstar despite the crowd reactions. He deserves a job for life for, for what the company plan was and what he did for it. Well, I, and he deserves to make all the money. Yeah, I wrote that. beforehand that, you know, AJ Styles with the work over the last two months has proven that he is on the upper echelon of WWE talent. 
and yes. he belongs in the Seth Rollins role, the Kevin Owens role. You know, Kevin Owens in the last year has proven that he belongs there. And guess what? Mm-hmm. You have Kevin Owens in the main event of a post pay-per-view raw getting a big singles win over the challenger to the world title the night before. Yeah. Now, Kevin Owens here is coming off like a, a superstar beating AJ Styles. This guy just wins matches. He goes out there and he's a legit credible guy because he wins singles matches. And I hope that's what they end up doing with AJ Styles. I hope they start giving him singles matches that he can win and that he does win. Yeah, he's he, yeah, he's what Dean Ambrose should have been treated like. Kevin Kevin Owens is. Yeah. But he wasn't. Absolutely. And hopefully uh hopefully we get that with AJ Styles uh as well. So all of branches coming off of this tree are super interesting. Obviously, the main event was already made for Money in the Bank. It's Roman Reigns, it's Seth Rollins. Um I don't think Seth Rollins would win the title, but no, you have another pay-per-view no before SummerSlam, so maybe a back and forth, but... Uh, Absolutely zero chance. It's so interesting that they're just putting Seth Rollins. If he does r- lose to Roman Reigns, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of it. I mean, back of the line in a way. I wonder if they would ever go back to uh, Seth Rollins and Triple H, bring back Triple H, because you did have Roman Reigns and Stephanie, or excuse me, Seth Rollins and Stephanie, break off that uh, the questions of a possible authority backing of Seth Rollins. So it appears that, you know, Triple H and Seth Rollins would still be on opposite sides. So if they Mm -hmm. ever kind of play that up uh, with Triple H again, if Triple H wants to have a match back, you know, SummerSlam just around the corner, maybe that's what Seth Rollins might be building up for. Well, you also have Seth versus Brock if you wanted it to. I wonder what Brock's going to do at SummerSlam, because to me, the likely scenario would be Roman Reigns for the title. Yeah, the likely scenarios to me are either Brock or Cena versus Roman. But isn't that, I mean, isn't that a good thing? And here we are going to be accused of, uh, of being WWE shills for, even though this is, am I, <laughs> am I wrong in saying, like, I feel like this is an undeniable truth. This is the most interesting WWE has been in since 2011, the summer of 2011 with CM Punk. Mm, that's a low bar to me. I, I okay, I'm not I'm, saying if it's a low bar or not, I'm saying that's the most interesting it's been since the summer of 2011. And probably no. it's even more interesting than that. No. No, Daniel Bryan's ascent was far more interesting than all this and all the stuff surrounding it. I, I thought Daniel Bryan being champ was more interesting than this. Was it? Was that a, the strongest storyline uh, for a long time? Yeah, probably. But as far as WWE as a whole, God, I feel like this is the most interesting time now because when Raw okay. was going three hours with Daniel Bryan, you loved the half hour that Daniel Bryan would be involved with, but everything else sucked, right? I mean, everything else was kind of slow plotting. There wasn't a lot of talent there that you were really engaged and wanting to see. But right now, all three hours of Raw features talent that you want to be engaged with. Maybe there's not a one single storyline that's as strong as the Daniel Bryan rise. But from top to bottom, when you have Brock Lesnar possibly coming back to work Roman Reigns, when you have John Cena returning and you don't know where he's going to go, you have Rusev winning the U.S. title there at Extreme Rules. You have AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and all these guys are being pushed as, you know, really hot acts. You have The Miz and Maurice who have been doing great. There is a lot of stuff there from top to bottom. And the point of this is there's a lot of stuff to be interested in in WWE. And if I wanted to spend one hour every Tuesday doing Shake Them Ropes, talking about all the negatives and ignoring the stuff I'm excited about. Right. I wouldn't want to do this show. And no, I agree. I'm sorry if it sounds I, like I'm a WWE show sometimes, but this is an exciting time and we fill the hour with the excitement and kind of leave off the stuff that we may not be super, you know, there's some stuff on raw. I could take, you know, take or leave Seamus working Apollo Cruz. I don't care about that, but I'm not going to spend 30 minutes talking about the booking of Apollo Cruz if I don't like it. 
No, but I think I think also in your analysis, you're also taking actual stuff going on and potential stuff and making that the the heart of interesting. While you look at the punk thing, and that was more of what was actually going on at the time. Oh, absolutely. But, 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 what, but, but, but I, what's actually but going on I right now? What's actually going? Is, shut up! Okay. Shut up! Shut up right now! God, let me talk occasionally. I will. <laughs> I got to defend myself, Jeff, against these against these people writing the reviews on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about how, oh, and guess what? What I like about it is we got one review on iTunes where the first show they ever listened to of us was that solo show I did. So, oh. um, um, you know, um, you know, we'll see if they ever keep subscribing. But they hate I, me. <laughs> they, they don't know who you are. <laughs> I hope they listen again, find out who Jeff Hawkins is, and, and then they can write another review on iTunes saying, why is that mean host telling the co-host who we like to shut up? <laughs> that'll be the next review but Go ahead and, and defend yourself yeah I, I you know i we talk about the exciting things because i'm excited and you're right the potential is a lot of the stuff that gets us excited about what's currently going on in wwe but it's not strictly potential there was potential with the cm punk storyline like what was cm punk going to do once he actually won the title that was all exciting for what was going down but also there was potential there right now i'm excited to see Sami Zayn on tv i'm excited to see cesaro um you know chris jericho now is going to be in this money in the bank so he's He's working on it uh, based on some of these SmackDown spoilers. They're adding more names to this money in the bank match. Um, we probably won't get into spoilers on this show. So don't worry about having to skip ahead. Anybody uh, is the potential. Like where will AJ Styles go? Where will Seth Rollins go? Yes, there's absolutely potential that makes this interesting, but what's actually happening. We, we have AJ Styles in two consecutive WWE pay-per-view main events. That's actually happening. We have a intercontinental storyline built around Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and the Miz and Cesaro. That's actually happening. There are, if you want to include NXT, we have a cage match with Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. That's actually happening. There's a lot of stuff right now. We, we have the debut of Dana Brooke. The greatest thing ever. That's actually happening. Who called that, by the way? Well, you've, been, you've been right on everything, Dana Brooke, I think, since she debuted on NXT. <laughs> you've been 100% on it. Which is amazing. <laughs> it's like you're just figuring, like, I don't know what's going on there. But if I want Dana Brooke predictions, I go to Jeff Hawkins. Oh, dear God. That's what I do. Uh, but that I, I, it's just an exciting time right now. And I'm sorry if I'm not going to be bashing everything that I think is a negative. Because, no. you know, WWE, they're not, WWE is not listening to me. Now, if Zack Ryder, my... Ryder goes in the Money in the Bank ladder match, they are listening to me. But otherwise, they're not listening to me. I, this isn't a pipeline for me to tell WWE what they're doing wrong. I want to talk about what's exciting and what's going on that's well. No, my, my job is is to be the uh, is to be the uh, bad cop here. So I, I get that. I, I want to backtrack a little bit. I was disappointed about Chris Jericho being added to the Money in the Bank match over Apollo Crews. Now, I get that. You know, I'm thankful Apollo is not going to be the sacrificial Shelton Benjamin MVP, Kofi Kingston, athletic guy who does, you know, some crazy stunt to do that. But I really thought they missed an opportunity here to make it a full on, quote unquote, new era money in the bank match and really match. That's a good point. The match yeah. the matchmaking to the to the marketing. I thought, you know, he'd be a fresh face. Look, I like Jericho's character. His in-ring work I've been critical of and and I'm not going to, you know, and it's not really critical. It's just not up to the levels that I'm used to Jericho being at and I think he needed to change his style a bit. But I think, you know, a missed opportunity here for 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 WWE to put, you know, six young guys in this thing and really 
pushed that this is Shane McMahon push, even in storyline, not just in the market, but even in storyline. This is an opportunity for people who don't usually get opportunities. I get that. I would counter with, I think you need one or two of the old yeah. guard, if you will, to be the foils. Like and the, I, I agree with that. I put yeah. that in my raw review. I think you do need some sacrificial lambs in here, but I mean, you have Dean Ambrose who's going to be that guy. You'll probably, I don't I'm not going to read the spoilers. Do you, think, of, do you think that they are, is, is Dean Ambrose a new era guy in your mind? And I don't even know if it matters, but is Dean Ambrose, and I can even go this way with Kevin Owens, who's been around for a year now, is, is Kevin Owens and Dean Ambrose a new era guy? I think they're on the bridge. I mean, Dino, uh, Dean Ambrose, not so much. Kevin Owens, yes. I'm going to call him Dino um, from now on. Dino. Hey, Dino. Um, I, I'm still one of those people who has some shred of optimism that WWE may come to a senses someday and see what they have in Dean Ambrose. But it's waning with every... I mean, that Ziggler match on Raw... Where everybody just, I mean, it was fluid. It was a nice little match, but it was everything we've seen before from both of them. And the crowd was just kind of going, okay, when's the end? Everybody was ahead of them on that one. Not in terms of the winner, but just in terms of the, this doesn't mean anything. Why should we be engaged? Dean Ambrose is good guy Bray Wyatt, or Dean Ambrose. Dean, Dean Dino Ambrose. Ambrose. Dino, Dino Ambrose. <laughs> He's good guy Bray Wyatt. Yeah. He's just as goofy. He does, you know, these, these wacky things with all the props, whereas Bray Wyatt just does the wacky things with the lights. And Uh he's basically, they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum, almost to the point where I expect Bray Wyatt to come back at Money in the Bank and start another program with Dean Ambrose, because why not? Yeah, I think if Ambrose and and Ziegler fought in, say, Reseda, I think that match would probably be a match of the year contender, but it's not. It's in the WWE and this is what they do. People want to see the hits. So, I mean, I get it, but it's still, you know, I think both are very stifled with their creativity, much like Cody Rhodes felt he was. So, yeah, I asked earlier on Twitter at shake them ropes, like who were the two people that would uh, complete the money in the bank match? And I was surprised (laughs) at the number of responses for guys like Callisto and even Zack Ryder. And I think people are just thinking of this as a ladder match and not realizing that, yeah, you know what? It is actually the money in the bank ladder match. It's for the world title. This is basically your semi-main event. Um, You know, you have the Sami Zayn in there. You have Cesaro, Chris Jericho, Dean Ambrose, and Kevin Owens stemming off of Raw. One more name was announced so far on SmackDown. Should we just say the other name? I don't know. Maybe. eh. Well, hold on. Let me me go into the analysis real quick of why they were saying that. Okay. People, People always fantasy book these money in the bank matches having the smaller more athletic guys who will fly around and do some crazy stunts on there. And they're hoping for a full on all of that. I remember one year it was like Benoit, Jericho, Ray Mysterio. And then they added like, I think Kane. And I went, what the hell is Kane doing in this match? When the other seven people are so good. Well, big show Kane. Uh, we had the one year where yeah. Ric Flair was at the WrestleMania in, in Chicago that I went to had fit Finley and Ric Flair in it. Yeah. I remember that one. That wasn't too bad, but I mean, yeah, that was was where Shelton Benjamin continued his craziness. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but everybody wants that kind of like how people were criticizing the Miz in the four way as quote unquote, dragging down the match when nothing could be further from the truth. No, he was great because the, because the whole storyline revolved around him being the one guy, nobody wanted to see win. And all the teases through the falls were through Miz, et cetera, et cetera, until he finally won. But yeah, yeah, no, everybody books the books. They're opt, the, the most optimum match of money in the bank that they want 
And they don't realize that's not what WWE wants. They they want a cane in there. You want a guy to play off of, the guy that looks menacing mm-hmm. but ends up not winning because he's out of his depth. A big but, guy to throw the little guys around. And, and you already have, like, I, I was just surprised at how many people pick Callisto because I don't think there's a chance in hell Callisto ends up in this match. And Sami Zayn can be that guy. You have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I loved the Intercontinental title match at Extreme Rules where, you know, Sami Zayn beating up Kevin Owens. He got it. He, Kevin Owens was in his head and he gave up on the match in the ring to go pummel Kevin Owens. And that was his downfall. At some point, they're going to tell the story about how Sami Zayn just has to let go of Kevin Owens and vice versa, or else they're never going to have success as a singles if they just don't get them out of their way. And maybe we have a big blow off match at SummerSlam uh, in a cage or a ladder or whatever the case may be. Maybe we finally have that big blow off match with the story going in that, hey, you guys got to stop fighting or else you're never going to get prizes. You're never going to win titles Mm. because that's it keeps keeping them away from the championship. It's two straight, three straight pay-per-views now where they have been involved in keeping each other out of the championship. And to that point, that's why the Miz was so great in that match because the Miz was there being the smart guy. He had no personal issues with any of these guys. He was strictly trying to keep his championship. That was it. And he ended up doing that because he was focused on the right thing. Now that leads us to this money in the bank match, which has a lot of the participants in the intercontinental title match at WrestleMania. We are only two months removed from having a ladder match with a lot of these same guys. And now the prize is the briefcase. You have a couple of new faces in there, but ultimately, you know, Sami Zayn and, and, uh, and Kevin Owens are going in there doing the same match they were doing at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And we have, I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. And I'll say the seventh one if we find out. So skip ahead 30 seconds. I just, I'm looking at Alberto Del Rio. And, and not a lot of people picked Alberto Del Rio, but we did have some people, uh, coming back on the Twitter feed thinking Alberto Del Rio would be involved in this match. Uh, Some people thought Bray Wyatt, you know, he would return. And I was kind of on that bandwagon. I thought that uh, Randy Orton might return and be involved in this match somehow. But uh, yeah, Alberto Del Rio is going to be in this one. So they were really going with, you know, big singles names, not, not the Apollo Cruises, not the Callistos, not the names that you expect in a ladder match. They are going as this is the second top singles match on the pay-per-view. I, I have no opinion on, on the spoiler. Who's the seventh guy? Who do you think the seventh guy is going to be? Not as a spoiler. I'm just asking you, based on the six names we know, who left can go into this match realistically? Who do you think the seventh guy is going to be? And don't say Zack Ryder, because it is not going to be Zack Ryder. No, it's not going to be Zack Ryder. I think it might be Kane. Kane and the Big Show was a, uh, were a couple of names that popped up. Kane and the mm-hmm. Big Show were a couple of names. I think it's going to be someone who's returning. I think yeah. it's going to be a Bray Wyatt. It, it's going to be a Randy Orton. It could be John Cena. I mean, John Cena is coming back next week. You have Rusev on Twitter kind of teasing th- that he's waiting for John Cena to return. I was thinking they might do a rematch of Sheamus and Apollo Crews for a chance at the, you know, Shane comes out, gives someone a second chance and lets those two fight for a spot. So maybe, but yeah, but do you think if that were to happen, if that circumstance happens, is Seamus the one getting it or does the Apollo Cruz kind of sneak his way in by getting two chances? Cause I think that would hurt Shane or hurt Apollo Cruz more than it helps. I don't think they're that interested in Apollo Cruz right now. Okay. Okay. But those are your two big matches right now. Any thoughts on what uh, WWE has done with aligning Dana Brooke now with Charlotte, because you have the injury to Emma. She's out. 
So you brought Dana Brooke up with obviously the plan to keep her with Emma, but now that's been thrown out the window. So they just attached her to someone else. They attached Dana Brooke to Charlotte. And what does that do now with Charlotte having the singles championship? Effectively just leaving Dana Brooke to be her manager in a way, or sometimes being the wall that someone has to break down to get to Charlotte. She's, she's the, she's the one who takes the falls for Charlotte. That's what's going to happen here. And she's going to be involved in tag team matches, probably with whoever they match Charlotte up with next. So, I mean, I, I have no issue with it necessarily. I think Dana Brooks, an interesting presence to be honest with you. What do you think that segment was possibly the most polarizing amongst my friends, old school and new school. I wonder, like, I think people just don't like seeing Ric Flair cry like that. Because you know he takes this all seriously and he, you know, he lost a kid mm-hmm. in the wrestling business. So it, it's kind of sad when you get truths because you know a lot of what Charlotte said in that segment was true. You know, Ric Flair wasn't around a lot. Right. And I, I don't know if people are ready to see like that type of real emotion because we're less than a year removed still from Charlotte bringing or Charlotte and Paige bringing up the son that Ric Flair lost. Right. I have a few thoughts on this. Number one, I thought it would have been better served if Rick, I think you're right in terms of the emotion part and the fact that Rick started out genuine instead of being the nature boy and, and really, you know, plugging her, his daughter as, you know, this great all time champ really kind of, this is where they need the Stephanie, the McMahon school of acting, hamming it up so that when the turn happened, it would feel less mean spirited. I think because heel Ric Flair should not be coming out, you know, kind of a little bit choked up at how well his daughter is. He should be the flashy kind of manager hyping her up. I thought Charlotte got lost originally with the what chance and you could tell they shook her. But at the same time, once she got into the emotional part of you abandoned me, she found her center there. I thought that part was really good. Kind of the meat of the promo was really, really oh, yeah. good. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of people were complaining of, of well, this was done in Baltimore. This is what they do to Flair. The, 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 uh, the, in Flair country, Flair gets, for lack of a better term, buried in storyline parlance, not, in, not by, you know, Vince, but, you know, he gets made to, he gets yeah. his, he gets his aura kind of undercut because the read promo also happened in flair country. I believe that was in Greenville, South Carolina or Greensboro. I can't remember right offhand. This is what they do. Right. But this I, is, I don't really this put is the same. This is, well, I, I'll, I'll give a different metaphor. Yeah. I don't put the location here as having anything to do with it. This was just oh, the raw. No, this was just the raw after the pay-per-view. And this is where the next storyline is going with Charlotte. She, no, she has no, Dana no, Brooke no, as her no, backup no, no, and Ric Flair's gone. The location had nothing to do with it. No, Baltimore was very important. Baltimore oh, is no. very important in Flair's legacy. So no, it, it was, it was strategic in some ways. And I thought, you know, I thought it was time for flair to go quite frankly. Right. You, you, you on, on that promo flair was slurring a little bit, even it was time for Ric Flair to go. Do you think that if, if this raw was taking place in Indianapolis, they don't do the same segment? No, I think they hold off. I think they hold until they're in Baltimore or South Carolina. Until they're in Flair country, yeah, because I think it was also serving as a goodbye. So I think that's what it was. They wanted the heat, but they also wanted the nice touch of let's let Flair go out somewhere that means somewhere to him. As long as I get more Dana Brooke doing the Ric Flair strut, I am 100% on board with this. 
That said, Rick, uh, Dana Brooke is no Arn Anderson. I've watched Arn Anderson matches. Dana Brooke, you are no Arn Anderson. That comparison made me laugh, but at the same time, I was like, all right, that's a that's a bridge too far for your old school boy here. We had the return of Enzo Amore, and you know the people were begging for it at the pay-per-view during that kickoff show segment, but they got it here on Raw. Enzo Amore is back. They have him wrestle. They beat the Dudley Boys. Uh, so it looks like they could very well be done with the Dudley Boys now. So our big cast and Enzo Amore on the track for the tag team championships, because that Vaudevillains match on Sunday was about as close to a blow off of the characters as I think I've seen in a long time that we weren't expecting. And then we don't even get Vaudevillains on raw Are Enzo well, and big that, cast going for the tag titles. That wasn't even a tag team match. That was just a squash of Bubba Ray Dudley with Enzo getting involved a little bit physically. I think probably yeah. to test how he's doing. Sure. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> um, I, I think both are bluffs and I think now we get the natural progression of new day versus Enzo and Cass. Now you got two fan favorites. What happens? Something has to give, right? They're not going to, they're not going to go. They're not going to polarize the audience in this way, asking them to choose. I, I, are would, they? I would think, yeah, I no, I, I agree. I would think at some point something has to choose. Now you can do a baby face versus baby face. We saw it with the first AJ Styles Roman Reigns match. So you could do some type of match like that. And maybe one of the teams turns and that would, you know, if, if they do that, it has to be the new day. Oh, but, I know what you do here. I, you know what you do here is you, you keep them apart from each other. You pair up, you pair up the new day with like the club. I think possibly. And then you pair up Enzo and Cass with the Puerto Ricans. And then you, you save that match, the, the quote unquote bigger match for SummerSlam. Okay. So when you say pair up, you're talking about on opposite sides in a match. With those yes. Teams. Okay. Cause at in, first in I'm like, what's happening? In terms of, in, in terms of angles. In terms yeah, of no, angles, you're, so. you're right. Because we could do money in the bank and then we go on eventually. Maybe they keep Enzo and Cass off the tag titles until SummerSlam in Brooklyn. Yeah. And that's where you do like the big match. And maybe the oh, tag yeah. belts have changed by then. Who knows? But you could do a babyface versus babyface match in Brooklyn because the crowd will decide who they like better. Oh, in Brooklyn? I mean, the, the pop that Enzo and Cass got at TakeOver last year was phenomenal. That's where you do that. If they're going if they're going to do a title change onto Enzo and Cass, that's where you do it. So we have this uh, interesting stuff in the tag team division, and that continues with what I'm saying, as far as just there's a lot of unpredictability, there's a lot of good talent in almost everywhere. And I'm glad you brought up the club because where does the club go? If you, if you want to put them against the new day right now, I suppose they could do that. Um, if that is the case though, where do the Usos go? Are the Usos back to work in like a superstars uh, tour? Basically they're just on superstars and main event and don't really have anything going on in the title picture. Vaude villains. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of superstars openers between the Usos well, and the Vaudevillains because we don't have the I, Ascension anymore. We don't have the social outcasts being strong. I think you kind of do a, a dichotomy thing. You have AJ having lost to the titles here and you, now you have, there's a possibility you do a story where the club can't win the tag team titles from the new day. Yeah. Without help. Yeah. That without help, you know, AJ Styles sends the club away. People were already wondering like, would he need the help to beat Roman Reigns? And now we can't even beat Kevin Owens. Does right. he get new help? Does he, does he do what you suggest and say, you know what, guys, I was wrong. I need your help. I needed your help in Japan. I need your help now. And it just goes heel based on that. And now, you know, it, it's right in your face. 
this guy needs help to win, but you know what? He has the help. So we got to watch. We got to see if he wins. We got to see how the club does with him. That very well could be happening. So there's a lot going on. Money in the Bank is still a couple of weeks away, so we have some time before that. Um, I wanted to talk about some news. And two pretty, pretty surprising releases. A couple of talents going away from WWE. Cody Rhodes, who on Twitter over the weekend said that he had asked for his release and then WWE.com confirmed that he was gone. And then Adam Rose, both surprising for different reasons. But Cody Rose asking for his release and then WWE coming out with a statement saying Adam Rose has asked for his release as well when he was on indefinite suspension. He had failed a drug test. Then he had the domestic violence arrest. So they put him on indefinite suspension and then they just cut him based on him asking for the cut. What do you make of uh, some more talents being gone from WWE to surprising talents in Cody Rhodes and Adam Rose? Get the easy one out of the way. Adam Rose. I think wanted to be, I think he wanted to be away from what was becoming a toxic situation. I mean, if, if his story is true and you have to take it as face value until proven otherwise, WWE basically screwed him over on his, on, on medication he was taking. And I think possibly within that and with all the things, I mean, if you watch the E60, you know, he has a situation at home that is stressful. You know that the road is stressful. And now to add add the job stuff to the stress, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna condone the quote unquote domestic violence because I don't n- number one, I don't know what I'm, happened. Number two, right. I never condone that. We crap. don't know hundred percent what happened there. Yeah. And we had, right. you know, his I his won't. wife, who was the victim in this situation, according to police, his wife had asked for uh, leniency on Adam. Right. So whatever now, was going on there, who knows? But what, what I want to ask you, what I want you I to think, get to here, well, Jeff, me, okay. what I want you to get here to is it's surprising in this aspect. We've saw, we saw the E60. We saw that Adam Rose is doing WWE, you know, to pay for his special needs son and to make money for his family. Now he is, if he is indeed requested, requested his release, obviously he thinks he wasn't going back to WWE and wasn't going to be able to make money based on whatever situation was going on. And he's got to make money elsewhere. Like he can't wait 60 days to wonder what might happen to him. He's got to go out there and make other money. But does he think he can make money outside of WWE still wrestling is the question. This is very interesting timing just on the fact that, you know, Adam, Adam Rose wanted to work and have a better life for his family. And now he's giving up money. I'm going to go another way here. I don't think he's worried about the money. I think there's a possibility he may just want to save his marriage and that, and just taking this time away and getting rid of a toxic situation will help that. And then you worry about the money later because it's obviously taking a toll on the family, I think. Yeah. So I, I let, I'm going to go in that direction and do this unnecessary speculation and go, I think he just decided possibly, you know what, getting his life cleaned up, getting all the stress out of it, possibly more important than the money. Sure. Yeah. And again, again, we don't know all the details. So hopefully everything is going to be all right in that household because we all saw the East, the E60 piece on him. And now now for the interesting one, thought he could be a really big key player. But yes, Cody Rhodes quits WWE release WWE.com, you know, states that they have released Cody Rhodes, the son of Dusty Rhodes, the brother of Gold Dust, who's still sticking around there uh, and the the husband of Eden Styles, who worked the pay-per-view 
She is a ring announcer in WWE, so he's got a lot of ties still with WWE, but he is uh, calling it quits, and he released a statement on his Twitter account, on his private Twitter account, not the Stardust one. He, he basically said that he was tired of WWE creative not listening to him, not being uh, there for the talents, and he's, he's a pro wrestler and going to be a pro wrestler, meaning it looks like he's going to try and wrestle still outside of WWE. Yeah, and I fully respect this decision because I've never thought that highly of what the McMahons thought of any member of the Rhodes family. I've got to be honest with you. I don't think they've treated the Rhodes all that well, <laughs> you know, especially, especially Dusty, who never wanted to be remembered as the polka dot guy. And yet every time they do a memorial for him, he's the polka dot guy. I, Cody, to me, he's a guy... He is a guy who, if he were now starting, I didn't realize he had been in the in the Fed this long. He's been in there for 10 years, and he's only 30. He's still fairly young. If he were coming up today, he'd be a bit of an indie darling getting the work rate stuff going, I think. He's never going to be the size guy WWE wants. I think we can both agree on that. Well, Personality-wise, he true. is outstanding. He is outstanding. He has acting skills. And if he wanted to make the run in L.A., he might have a small career for him. I'm not saying movie star, but, you know, commercial actor, what have you. I understand the need where you're in a situation where you can't be. You can't please yourself artistically because you've been slotted in a certain place and certain people think what they think of you. And that is very, very frustrating, especially if you're trying to get your ideas across and no one will listen to you. There's a, there's a certain thing in the arts where once, you know, the, the whole never get a second chance to make a first impression, but at the same time, you never, a lot of times you never get that chance to improve it. So it's the same reason why Miz doesn't get a lot of the credit he gets, even though he's been, he's been making incremental progress, not that overnight progress. So people kind of dismiss that. But in terms of what Cody's thinking, I think there's a bit of arrogance to it. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a bit of, I, oh, I would yeah, definitely whole, agree with the that. Whole, the whole star quarterback thing yeah. is a, is a bit too much, but there's nothing wrong with being confident in your abilities and standing up for yourself. And I think right. WWE does not encourage that. Whether he has a career in other federations, I just don't think there's room anywhere and no one will pay the kind of premium that he's been making here. But I understand I under, totally understand the need and the frustration that he's having right now where, hey, I want to do something here. I really want to be able to show what I can do. And they and they got me, you know, it's the equivalent of, man, I went to Juilliard and now I'm in a, a theme park playing Goofy. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to play Goofy all my life, even though the Disney Corporation is a very, very good corporation to work for. I want to be able to do the things that made me fall in love with this. And right now he's not doing the things that made him fall in love with the business. And that will affect all your, all of your work ethic, to be honest with you. So if he can find happiness outside, great. If this was just a power play to get them to listen to him. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't think it is. And we have breaking news. Oh, just over the Twitter, uh, retweeted it just over the Twitter about one minute ago. Uh, Eden Styles, Brandy Rhodes, has announced she is leaving WWE after tonight. So that was a rumor that she didn't fly to SmackDown; that she flew home instead. Yeah, so, so she's, she's going to go night. 
She's going to go support her husband. Okay, that's a play you can make. Yeah, she. I don't uh, know if it's the right one. She tweets out that uh, what I've been teasing for weeks, I've been offered a new opportunity outside of WWE, so I've decided to part with WWE after tonight. So the uh, the Rhodes family there mm -hmm. uh, is no longer a part of WWE after tonight. Cody's uh, gone and Brandy Rose is gone. Dustin's still there. Dustin is still there. Yeah, he works. He actually works SmackDown tonight. Uh, so Dustin, well, of course, is still there. I think I think uh, Eden or Brandy or whatever you want to call her. I think she's great at the job that I think she's a great announcer. Don't get me wrong. I think she was a great ring announcer. I She was really good and she picked it up very quickly, too, because Lillian yes. took a couple of years. Uh, Eden Styles went there pretty quickly. And I think working I think in NXT better. for a while helped her. She's better than Lillian, in my opinion. And I, yeah, you know, but I, I always, so. yeah. I, st I still wonder what could have been if she had stuck with training because she's a, she's a pretty good athlete to be honest with you. So, uh, you know, good for them. I hope, I hope both find success. I really do. Cause I think both are really Cody Rhodes, you know, in interviews where he's not WWE bound, like the, uh, what is it? The, the, was it the Jericho podcast he did with Xavier Woods? Just hilarious. And on up, up, down, down, hilarious. So I hope, they can go find other ventures for their artistic pursuits. Yeah, there's going to be, uh, I wonder what the new project is. We're going to be hearing about a new project from, from Eden Styles outside of wrestling. She's, she's been blogging a lot about fitness, food, and clothing. So hopefully it's something like that and she's not like doing a YouTube channel or something. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe she is. Maybe she is. Who knows? Like Voices of Wrestling. Go to, no, go ahead. That's a good one. That's a good one. So those, I was going to try and segue and I couldn't get the plug. Yeah, you, you didn't, you didn't do the very good segue. So we're just going to go cold into our top 100 match. The voices of wrestling, uh, the <laughs> WWE.com top 100 matches to see on WWE network before you die. Now what's interesting, Jeff, lay it on me then. Huh? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> they, uh, WWE released a book. Yes. The greatest 100 matches and the greatest 100 match book does not follow the exact same list as what they put on their website. The hundred greatest advice. matches What mm -hmm. the Brock, I, I noticed it right up front and I haven't gone through the whole list on the book because, you know, I don't have the book, but you can get the book at voices of wrestling.com slash WWE shop. Hashtag Ding. WWE shill. Ding. Ding. I haven't looked at the entire book, but one match was noticeably left out of the 100 greatest matches, and it was Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 19, which obviously was on the greatest 100 matches on WWE Network list. So I am interested someday in going and checking what all the differences were on this list, but I did notice that one stand out because we did talk about that Brock Lesnar-Kurt Angle match. But tonight, it is match number 33 on the countdown from Unforgiven 2006. It is John Cena versus Edge in a tables, ladders, and chairs match on the same night as Trish Stratus's last match as a full-timer. This was taking place in Toronto. So Edge had the big home crowd, hometown crowd as he was defending the world title against John Cena in what mm -hmm. was the, uh, I believe, the first defense of the Rated R title. The spinner yes. had gone bye-bye. It was the Rated R championship. It was thrown in the Long Island Sound, if I recall correctly, by Lita and Edge. And also, there was a stipulation to this match, if I recall correctly. There was. That, it, that if John Cena lost, he'd go to SmackDown. That's right. He was, he was fighting not just for the world title, but also desperately to stay away from that SmackDown show. 
Yes, we don't want to go on that other product that the WWE desperately wants to succeed despite calling it second rate. We don't want that. Nope. No. <laughs> yeah, because the storyline was that he was, uh, you know, Edge and John Cena had gone back and forth and John Cena needed this title match to get his championship back. But the only way Edge would agree is if John Cena would quit Raw if he lost. So we had the title versus leaving Raw happening in this match. Uh, with the TLC and, and dare I say this match went over 25 minutes. Uh, one of the better TLC matches that I remember, like oh, of yeah. the non tag team versions, I should say, because some of the tag team ones were just crazy. But as far as the singles matches that have been in TLC, um, I mean, I, I struggle to think of, you know, any two that are better than this one. I think it suffers from the usual stuff in TLC in that everything is a setup for a certain spot and trying to get there correctly sometimes throws logic out the window. Example, when that second table fell off and John Cena just stacks it back. Right. Instead of just put it back. To get the, yeah. Yeah. Um, my reaction, of course, we, and we have to watch this um, both with the eyes of how it occurred at the time and with the eyes of looking back in present day. And my exact reaction was, so you tell me Edge had back problems, do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, my goodness, it was a, can you top this over and over, especially the ladder spots spilling out to the outside and crashing through tables? Well, which, John Cena took the one of those yeah. crazy bumps that I didn't remember this bump during this match. Like, you don't expect a guy like John Cena to take this. You expect, like, Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens to take it. But John Cena took that crazy bump where... He's climbing up the ladder in the middle of the ring for the title. Lita comes in, pushes the ladder over. He falls from Mm -hmm. the top of the ladder to a table on the outside floor and goes through that. Like one of those 10 foot bumps where there's little padding. Mm -hmm. A little bit, a little bit, well, maybe even not safer than the, uh, the MVP bump on the ladder during the money in the bank match at one time where he did the same thing. I would say except he fell on a, except he fell on a ladder. Yeah, he fell on a ladder <laughs> though, but you're not falling to the floor after the That's the true. secondary bump is what kills you. That's true. And Edge almost overshot one of those from the top of the ladders because right. he had the two tables and he and he barely got into the second one to help break his fall there on concrete past the padding. So yeah, this this match it it's a plunder match as we like to call it and it was insane and um you know, it <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 Toronto. Let's beat Edge. Okay, <laughs> I think I, I I do not agree with that. You are all uh, hung up on locations of losses. I think locations matter in some ways because they help they help um, train and condition your audiences as to how they should be reacting and things like that. Because I mean, if you introduce Enzo and Cass in Des Moines, Iowa, and not the not the Raw after wrestlemania you're not going to be getting all these reactions that you had before so yes i am i am keen on the conditioning of the audience and how the audience should feel and also why they're doing it i'm looking at the why they do certain things and i i think it the reason they beat edge here mostly i you know edge would get the good championship reaction and they could watch him in front of the fans, but edge was never going to be a quote unquote, a list champ for the most part. He's at the Seth Rollins level right now. And it's still a great match. I loved this match. Um, it's, <laughs> it scares me watching it now through my elderly eyes of, of hating to see guys really hurt themselves and kill themselves for nothing. And that's why money in the bank again is going to be very uncomfortable for me. I think, but at it's the same just, time, 
Yeah, it's another reminder of how John Cena goes all out on pay-per-views when some people don't yeah. realize he does. I mean, in all yeah. these gimmick matches, John Cena will do that one thing that you do not expect a John Cena guy to do. Like a guy who can totally protect himself and be selective goes out there and does a bump from the top of a ladder to the floor. Yeah. I mean, and this then is, comes back on Raw the next right. night. Right. You know? Comes <laughs> back on Raw the next night. This is this is a spot that has injured guys like Sheamus, injured guys like Sin Cara. It, it messes you up. And the and the the golden ticket for WWE is going out there doing this stuff on on Unforgiven, no less. Not not WrestleMania, not SummerSlam, Unforgiven. And and even the smaller spots, like like the one where uh, Edge does the Scorpion Death Drop to Cena between the two chairs, but doesn't quite get it all to break the fall. So he hits the edge there. It's those little things that are kind of mistimed and miscued that really add up to injuries as well, as well as the big spots. So, I mean, and, and anytime you're messing with the ladder, man, those things have no give. I, I, I just cringe at that. I've, uh, you've ever had a ladder fall on you. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's not fun. It is not fun. But the um, match is, the match is a lot of fun. You should all watch it. It was very good. Uh, you know, also on this show, uh, you can go watch Trish Stratus's last match. Uh, we also had, DX versus the McMahons on this show in a cage. I watched this. Did you? <laughs> I don't remember a I single watched, second of it, and I'm thankful. I watched the I watched the opener, which was uh, Hardy versus John Morrison. That's right for the Intercontinental Title. Molina in full smoke show mode, and I, then I fast forwarded to the Hell in the Cell, which was Big Show and the McMahons versus DX, which figured which uh, which featured um, Vince McMahon getting his head shoved up Big Show's butt. Yeah. Four stars. But yeah. And then I watched Orton and then the uh, Trish and yeah. Next but week, yeah, no, that, that's all pay-per-view. Pretty good. Next week on the show, Wrestle War. We return to Wrestle War 1992. Yes, sir. For Sting's squadron against the Dangerous Alliance. Match number 32 on our top 100 list. Sting's squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. We will talk about next week on Shake Them Ropes. Uh, one small piece of news, Sasha Banks. For all those missing Sasha Banks, it looks like she was... Uh, she's going to be coming back soon. She's out with a concussion and, uh, that she might be back as soon as next Monday's raw to start whatever they're going to do as we head into money in the bank. And it is time, Jeff, for our Twitter question of the week. We'll close with the Twitter question of the week. We have Mike via Twitter and you can send in your questions anytime at shake them ropes. We will pick one question every week to go through here at the end of the show Mike asks, do you think the people saying Roman is perfectly poised for a heel turn because of the boos are missing the point? I think it would result in total apathy as the fans would still reject him being over in any form after this last year. Jeff, what I want to get to you is not whether they should turn him heel or not. That's, I think, a tired debate at this point. But do you mm-hmm. think the crowd would actually be apathetic if he turned heel right now? Yes, I think. Because I don't think they'd go full heel with him. I don't think they'd make him evil heel. I think they'd try and make him cocky heel. And I think it probably wouldn't fit his personality, which it didn't fit when he was cocky, ladies' man face. I I think there'd be a way to do it heel, but I don't think they'd want to risk when they need to turn him back face, because that's the whole point of turning him heel is to then, you know, get the people on your side. Okay, here's what you want, and then turn back. I don't think they'd handle that properly. So, um, no. You th- so if, if Roman Reigns were to turn heel 
next Monday. Say he beats up, you know, whatever babyface you want. Maybe he beats up John Cena when he comes back. Maybe he beats up Seth Rollins. That's actually an interesting one. If he were to It'd beat be up John booze. Cena, would people boo it's Roman Reigns? It's the same kind of booze. It would, st- it would still be the booze you're getting shoved down our throat now. They're pandering to us that you're a heel. All right. Maybe we'll find out one day. Maybe that'll be Wait, something. Wait, what do you big. think? I don't know if it would be apathetic. I think you would get, you know, I think you would get the booze that he's getting now. But then the fans could depends. sink their, I think they could sink their teeth into whatever babyface goes up against him. Because in theory, if he turns heel, he's going to be going up against babyfaces. He's not going to be doing this tweener stuff with Seth Rollins. Like you will get, you will not get the tweener stuff that you even had with AJ Styles. Like you will get a heel and a babyface side. You will get the clear one that they want you to cheer for. You will get the clear Roman Reigns being a heel that they don't care if you boo anymore. You can boo mm-hmm. him and cheer everyone else. If, if they turn him heel, what I see happening is at some point down the line, if Roman Reigns keeps beating people, the crowd's going to go right back in his favor. And that's where you get the babyface turn. You know what? They're, he's not being thrown down our throats anymore. We can like him again. Like they I think did it depends the on the, again. Yeah. I think it depends on the kind of heel you make him. I think that's the presentation. And yeah. It's all about context because I mean, AJ Styles is a great heel, but when they turned him into Ric Flair in TNA, he was terrible because that's not his skill set. It would have to go to what ma- naturally makes him unlikable in the eyes of the fans. And then the booze would come naturally. And then they eventually start to turn. I think I think you're right in that part, but I think they have to read this very carefully. I don't think just a heel turn without some thought as to how they present him as a heel. Because I think it needs to be a very specific one, and I'm I'm really not sure which kind that would be. Who's winning the Money in the Bank match? Sami Zayn. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 